What's up, everyone? This is Jason and John, and you're listening to the Jelly Cards Podcast. We'd like to welcome our first guest ever on the podcast, Hockey Town John. Of course, we had to talk hockey and how the market for hockey cards is extremely undervalued compared to the other pro sports. If you love collecting hockey cards or may not understand the market and product, this episode is just for you. We are pleased to welcome Hockey Town John to the Jelly Cards family and enjoy this brand new episode. So let's roll that music. Welcome back to the Jelly Cards podcast, where John and I are spreading the love of the hobby. This is episode 10, and for the first time ever in the history of the Jelly Cards podcast, we have our first official guest on the podcast, Hockey Town John. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, both of you. It's uh, quite an honor to uh, talk about <laughs> hockey cards and uh, on a nice uh, Thursday morning. That's right. Hell yeah. Yeah, and uh, I have to give thanks to John for getting this all set up because you and uh, Hockey Town John go way back. Yeah, yeah, way back, I guess you could say. We we met in graduate school, which is crazy to think now. It's been over five years. It's been like eight. It's been nine. Nine years. We're nine getting, years, we're, wow. We're getting yeah. close to a decade. Wow. And yeah, right away. We, we became pretty good friends. We were in the same fraternity together. And we I knew I was a big hockey fan. And then I met JK, Hockey Town John. And I could tell he's a big hockey guy too. So when we started talking about hockey cards, I was like, we got to get him on the podcast because I feel like he could shed some knowledge on some things that we don't know a lot about. It's just unfortunate that he's a Red Wings fan. I know. It's <laughs> depressing. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to boot him from the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm just going to remove you right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can say the same for you guys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But first, I want to go over uh, the Stanley Cup final right now because, like John has stated on previous episodes, I am somewhat of a big Panthers fan. Um, I honestly can't tell you why. Actually, I could probably tell you why. <laughs> I've always been drawn to Florida teams ever since I was a kid. That I don't know. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to move. I love Florida. I love everything tropical. Um, so I've always been drawn towards like these Florida teams. But as a kid, I always loved the Panthers logo. And I just thought oh, that man. it was, yeah, I thought it was cool that the, that the Florida Panthers were, a, they're a hockey team. You would never think that hockey would be a big sport in Florida but it's kind of like uh, the Florida teams are kind of taking over the NHL, to be totally honest. If anybody can agree to that, or am I the only one? I would say, I would say so. I mean, last year they won the president's uh, trophy and I will agree that that OG Panthers logo is extremely retro, but absolutely sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Leaping Panther. Yeah, exactly. When you were saying that, the first thing that popped in my head was playing like NHL on Sega and those old video game consoles and seeing that Mm -hmm. logo. Yeah. And so far, though, it's not been a great series for the Panthers. (laughs) Um, I said on one of the last episodes, 
I knew it was going to be a very, very fun, exciting matchup. I said it was probably going to be pretty high scoring. I just didn't think that it was going to be so lopsided to, uh, <laughs> to the Golden Knights. I mean, the Panthers' success, a lot of that stemmed from Bobrovsky being so dominant in net. And he's, in the last two games, given up eight goals. Yeah. So it's not looking too great for them. Uh, however, they're playing tonight. Well, today is Thursday when we're recording it. So they play again tonight. They're back in Florida. I truly believe that this is a much-needed win for them today if they want to gain any momentum. I think they, they for sure have to win these next two games in Florida. Dang. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, and uh, right, when, I we, mean, when we did the last episode, Jason said the series was going to go seven games. And then just the other day, Hockey Town John texted me, and he said that it's looking like the Knights are going to sweep. And yeah, so, I, I think, yeah, it's it's very, getting very scary. Oh boy, how do you, what do what do both of you think? We'll go to JK first. Do you think that who's going to win tonight? And if Florida wins tonight, what? How do you think that changes things for the series and the way it's going to go? I, I think the Panthers may take one, but I'll take. I think I'll take tonight, but I think it will be. At work, at most a uh, five game series because if you think about it, uh, I mean I am rooting for the uh, the Panthers, you know uh, Detective Bob, you know, <laughs> you know inject that in my in my veins. <laughs> it's, uh, if you think about it, uh, I think game two is the same stat line. But here's a question for you guys: of the Golden Knights in game one, their roster. How many players are under six foot that they iced on the uh, for the game? Oof, I, I, I'm probably no if you're asking the question, I'm gonna probably say every single one. <laughs> <laughs> one, there's a single player that's under six foot. Wow, Dang. that is Jonathan Marshall. <laughs> oh, nice, and he is lighting it up. So they are a bruising. They are a very physical team. And they're just as physical as the Panthers, mm-hmm. but they're just more skilled. You know, you have Eichel, you have uh, Marshall, you have Wild Bill Carlson, um, and you have that D, that D line is just bruising. You have Piet, uh, Pietrangelo, um, Stevens, uh, Stevenson, Stephenson, mm-hmm. but th- that is just. They're playing just as physical as the Panthers, but they're staying out of the box, and they'll see, punish you there. And see, that's the Panthers' big downfall is they can't stay out of the box. I was looking um, the Golden Knights and uh, a comparison to the uh, to the Panthers. I think the Golden Knights have like, I think for team stats, it was like five hundred and ninety something penalty minutes. The Panthers have almost a thousand penalty minutes. They have 998 time, penalty minutes, Gosh. and they've and they've given up 70 power play goals against to the Knights, like 43 or something like that. So the the Panthers' biggest problem is their aggressive play is is like too aggressive, and they kind of shoot themselves in the foot and they put themselves in the box, and then they can't they can't stop the PK goals. And I think I think one thing for the 
the Knights, though, that they do so well, too, is they carry three solid goalies. <laughs> like, whoever they put in net, I think I was looking. I mean, they have I, – they all were in double digits for wins this season. So, I think it's, it's a very – they're a very tough, tough team. Especially when you can when you can put whoever goalie out there. I mean, if the Panthers threw out Spencer Knight on a day that Bobrovsky can't play or needs a rest, I, I, it's probably going to be a loss for them. Because Spencer Knight, I think he was like nine and eight during the regular season to, to Bobrovsky's twenty four wins. Well, the problem there is that Spencer Knight is on a personal leave of absence um, for um, undisclosed reasons, so he's not uh, even yikes. available. Uh, so it's either Lions or yeah, Bob Brodsky. Uh, and yeah. if, if you're the Panthers, you need Bob Brodsky to steal you a game. And the only other available player is Lions since, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Knight is gone. So, you know, Bob Brodsky needs to steal you something tonight. Which is, which is so much pressure on Bobrovsky now to, like, he has to be the guy to win, win them the games. You know, he's, he's, they relied on him so much, especially in, you know, the, the hurricane series. I mean, the last game that they ended up winning, he gave up three goals, but the one before that he shut him out. And then the, the third game, I mean, it was, it was only a one goal allowed. So, and now the fact that he's given up eight goals already, they started, I think they went with lions first in the second game. And then Bobrovsky took over if I'm correct. Um, or it could have been the other way around. Other way around. I think other he was. Uh, he gave up so many goals right away that he put. They okay. It. So it's it's a lot of pressure, and plus, I mean, he's got to be pretty tired. Oh yeah. I would I would have to assume, especially after that one. Uh, what was that? They they said something crazy where he loses like x amount of pounds like per <laughs> game. So he drinks. Oh, yeah. I, I I I forgot how much like ounces of fluid of like water he drinks in a game and that one that went to how many overtimes i think he said he lost like 10 pounds in that game or something (laughs) like that it's insane like what you know what he puts his body through but um i i'm still gonna i'm gonna lean towards the panthers i think now that they're playing back in florida they can they can pull off these next two wins obviously yeah like i said they're much needed and hopefully they can turn the Turn those, you know, the series around. Uh, if you have anything to add to that, John, I think everything you guys are talking about, I agree with. I if when I asked the question to Hockey Town John about what he thought was going to happen, I feel like if the Panthers win tonight, then I, I if they win tonight, I feel in my gut that they can kind of pull it off and maybe go six games, maybe the full seven, and and win the win the cup. But if they lose tonight. Uh, this is kind of obvious. I just feel like it's beyond over. And I, what you guys were saying made me kind of feel bad for Bobrovsky because, yeah, Jason, I, he's not the only one. The The goaltender position in the NHL or in just hockey in general, it is extremely tolling on the human body. And Bobrovsky, like, um, uniquely, he's been – like like people like to say, he's playing on his head, essentially. He's making so many saves, so many stops, and he has willed the Panthers this far to the Stanley Cup final. He has gotten that team wins in, in situations where maybe they might they did not deserve them. And so I'm hoping that 
someone like this is uh this is kind of maybe goofy or dumb. I'm hoping that somebody in the locker room is like, guys, poor poor Officer Bob over here. <laughs> he's, he's out there getting shot every single day, and we and we need to do something here. We need to do something to make sure that they are not just peppering us every single play. Stop drawing so many gosh damn penalties and start yeah. start playing smart hockey. Like mm-hmm. these guys want to be physical. Our entire mo is physicality and grit. Like we we need to step it up here, and we cannot let them take any game from us in Florida. And that's just that's where I'm at. But in hockey town, John's defense, I I didn't know that thing that they're all they're all over six feet. They're just a bunch of big goon monsters who who are skilled as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it, after hearing that, it feels like a David versus Goliath kind of scenario. And I'm hoping the Panthers can pull it off. Well, the Panthers need a need a Kenny Woo. <laughs> Woo Kenny Woo moment and just he needs to just you know split the D and stuff. That's fired me. Yeah. Let's, are you are are you calling on me? I I can I can fill in right there. Yeah, there exactly. Yeah. Woo woo Kenny Woo. <laughs> but let's let's move on to because I, I definitely want to get Hockey Town John's opinion on it. Um especially being a Red Wings fan. And we talked about it um, back in March when we were all hanging out one weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about Connor Bedard. And first things I want to hear from Hockey Town John is how do you feel about Connor Bedard going to be a Blackhawk? Uh, I feel it in the two, uh, two parts. So, you know, my opinion goes to both the fans as well as more of the organization level. So as a fan, I am ecstatic for you guys. You know, it's, you guys have a generation, potential generational talent. Uh, you know, you guys overnight change your franchise. As a fan, be absolutely stoked. As a hockey fan, I cannot be more upset at the system. <laughs> Uh, I think after the scandal last year, mm-hmm. um, you know, trigger warning, I won't go into details, but the only re- repercussion was they got rid of a GM that they were going to fire anyways, and they got fined $2 million. That was it. Yeah. And... They pulled off the most blatant tank job akin to the McDavid Eichel tank job, and they got rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. So that just begs to be very contradictory of what Commissioner Gary Bettman had said uh, about integrity, not, not tanking. Um, how other markets truly did need a um, generational talent like that, whether it be Columbus, Anaheim, um, yeah. mm-hmm. anyone. And I know Vancouver was one uh, lottery ball away from getting uh, the pick as well. Dang. So I think is extremely unfair as a fan, but from a business standpoint, you would not let one of the biggest hockey markets <laughs> – Oh, you know, not get away with this. So it's uh, hard not to be a little salty and a little heated about what happened. 
But as a fan, you know, just I'm happy for you guys, stoked for you guys. You know, hopefully you guys can turn it around. So what do you think is going to happen with his with his card market then? Because that's like that's the biggest thing. You know, we were talking about it on a previous episode about how, you know, we've never been like hockey buyers. Obviously, you know, you know us. We we've we're pretty much strictly baseball. We'll dabble into other other sports, but hockey was never like a, a jelly cards buy. Uh, I know John and I, you know, John buys some single hockey cards. I've bought a few boxes. Uh, you love to rip hockey. That's pretty much all you do. So what do you what do you think his his card market's gonna be compared to some of the other uh, I guess young prospects that were coming up, like players like Jack Hughes, Tim Stutzel, um, uh, what was it, Kirill Kaprizov? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's his name. Uh, how do you think he's gonna compare to players like that? Oh man, it's it's gonna be akin to the McDavid years. Um, because Jack Hughes, Stusa was a number three pick. Um, all those players have never been as hyped as a clear cut, no debate number one pick like this. Nice. And as and as crazy as I say, the number two pick, Adam Fantilli. I mean, he's in any other year, he would be a number one overall pick. Hands down. Um, if you think about it, it's um, very similar to the Jack Eichel year where he's the number two overall pick. In no, in no other year would he be number two. He would be a number one pick. Right. But how can you go against uh, you know, Connor McDavid? So being in the Illinois market, so there's going to be a hometown little craziness to hunt his card as well as his potential of Spending about what? I, I'm gonna guess about one, one twenty, one forty for a hobby box, mm-hmm. and potentially, you know, pulling his cards where that may just raw give you your thousand your... dollars. Wow, <laughs> raw! I was almost, I was about to say, give you your money back. Yeah, me too. Oh God, no! Oh wow. God, no! No, no, no! His 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 raws will go at least. At worst, before he plays game one, thousand. But I think they release like October, November is when they usually release series one. Really? You think that his raw is going to sell for close to a thousand dollars? Oh, absolutely. In our in our local market, a thousand percent. I mean, I could I could kind of see it because if you if you look at I'm gonna switch to baseball just real quick. If you look at Wander, I mean, look what happened with Wander Franco. Ronda Franco's top series one paper rookie was going for a thousand dollars raw. You know, people were going nuts. So, so I mean, if, if it relates the same way to hockey cards, yeah, that actually could possibly happen, which means if, man, if that card gems, damn, you might be looking at five, five thousand dollars. That's well, what was, where was, where was Connor McDavid when he, well, granted the, the hobby wasn't, nearly as what it was or what it is today right. where was where was Connor McDavid when he when his young guns first got released oh man to be honest i'm not sure but everything was was very deflated so yeah. uh, it's it's hard it's hard to even say uh, because 
know, it reballoned like around uh, 2019, 2020. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what do you think, John? I think that um, that's a I I'm still I'm still shocked that uh, <laughs> Hockey Town John thinks a Raw is going to go for a thousand. But then when you brought up Wander, and then in my head after you brought up Wander, I was thinking about Mac Jones too. Mac Jones is uh, just his Donruss rated rookies in PSA tens were selling for like two to three grand. So I'm I mean, assuming look at the Brock Raw, Birdie, you know, yeah, exactly. So I. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be conservative and I'll say that his raw young guns will sell for like maybe four hundred, five hundred. But if they sell for a grand, like I I wouldn't be surprised because because of what everything that Hockey Town John said and that we've been talking about on the previous podcast episode where we got into Connor Bedard, he I kinda wanna ask you this, JK. I told Jason the other day that on the other episode I was watching ESPN and they they were running like uh, in the past tw- they they wanted to combine every draft player from the past 20 years and they pulled like NHL analysts and uh, whatever broadcasters whatever you want to call them and they said where would Connor Bedard fall in the if we combined every every draft player from the past 20 years and I told Jason that almost unanimously Sidney Crosby was number one overall. And I think uh, Connor was top five. Ovechkin was top five. I think Bedard was top 10. I'd have to look it up. But are you suggesting now that Bedard, do you think, my question is, do you think that Bedard has the potential to come to the NHL and be so impactful that he will kind of become this Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid level superstar. And is that why you think that those prices might be pretty crazy? Because if if you do think that way, then I I'm <laughs> the Hawk the Hawks fan in me is agreeing with you. But the the cards fan in me is, is the cards collector in me is getting a little bit cautious because now uh, man, now I definitely need to buy some hobby boxes of hockey. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, dominant players right now, it's going to be a lot of of hindsight analysis and thinking about it. Would you ever pick Bedard, a potentially generational player, over McDavid, over Dreisaitl, over Ovi, over Crosby, Malkin, uh, McKinnon? You know, you, you wouldn't do that because you know those are known franchise Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, I would say he's a top 10, but it's the price and it's like a, it's like a stock market, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about recency, what's hottest right now. He's what's hot. You know, okay. He could be a McDavid. He could be better than McDavid. He could be better than Crosby. Um, you know, his, I would say it's very tough because the career trajectories were very different. I would say his build and his skill level is very much more. He plays like McDavid in terms of just raw scoring and just his ability. His, uh, but his build, his his skating is more like Crosby and like um, you know like Jack Hughes. He's a he's a beefy boy. He's <laughs> not big, but he's you can't get him off the puck. Okay. So if, if he continues his his 
his growth as an 18 year old teenager into a grown man, you know, I can see him playing like McDavid where you just can't get him off the puck. If he rounds up his defensive game from the juniors where he just, you know, it's child's play. He could be, he could be like a Crosby where you, he's probably the best two way player of the modern era. Wow. Awesome. And I, okay. Beautiful. Hell yeah. Now, now I'm excited to, I'm excited for the future of Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks and hockey in general. And, uh, um, Hey, if, 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 uh, what you said, if Connor Bedard is going raw for four or 500 bucks, I'm buying like 10 of them, man. <laughs> what? Hell yeah. Right on. But, hey. And that's why I said, and that's why I said to you too, because you instantly were thinking that the, uh, the hobby boxes were going to be astronomically high. And I said it too. I'm like, even if they might rise a little bit, but you you got to think hobby boxes on a on an average day when they get released are they're a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. If they go to one forty, man, let's buy a case. <laughs> yeah. hey. Like I, I'm down for a case. Yeah, I hey, I, I I had told John, the, I I think right after you uh, guys released the last podcast about hockey cards. The best bet is to buy a case. Buy a case. Hey, if if we're in, I'm in. Uh, hell yeah. I'm, I am I am down for a case if this kid is going to be because here's the thing. I'm I'm guessing if we pull one, and hopefully if it ends up gemming, we get a ten out of him. I mean, it's probably going to be similar to how we do with baseball, where we're probably going to sell him prior to him even maybe playing if we get it in time if he says it gets released around october he might already be playing fingers mm-hmm. crossed that he that he comes into the league and does what everybody expects him to do yeah uh and we can just dish it before if we get lucky and we get two of them sell one hold one perfect yeah hell yeah you know hope hopefully like we said hopefully he turns into a mcdavid or he turns into an austin matthews where he becomes like one of the prolific goal scorers in the nhl you know, and he's like almost untouchable on the ice. Exactly. You know, but but what is he? Because we we've talked about this many times before, uh, and this question is going to go to you, uh, J.K. Obviously, we all know hockey cards compared to football, compared to basketball, baseball, the markets just aren't the same. There's a there's a, a lot of undervalued cards sitting in hockey compared to these other professional athletes that are out there. What, what is this player going to do for the hockey market in general? Is it going, do you think people are going to start to buy more hockey cards? Because there, there's a reason why I can go to a target and buy whatever hockey box I want Mm -hmm. retail because people just aren't buying them. But what is he going to do for the market going forward? I like that question. The hockey market, he's he's definitely he's it's all about the hot name. You know, last year it was uh, Trevor Zegra and his Michigan goals. Those all those flashy plays he was doing. Mm-hmm. It was getting views. It was getting interest, right? And you're bringing back the entire Chicago market back into the into the fold right there. Yeah. So you're he is your marketing tool. You know, he will bring more people into the market. As for the hockey card market, I think for us in the local sense, 
it's going to be hard because you know it's all about the local player. You're going to see a lot of Bedard jerseys, <laughs> and you're going to have a lot of people hunting his rookie cars. And I was lucky enough when the uh, last year's Series Two um, Young Guns went out. I bought a local box and I pulled a Moritz Cider. And I was, you know, at a retail level, that's insane. And I was so mm-hmm. stoked about it. And I ended up buying like 10 more cars online. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in the ownership of at least, I think, eight or eight, between eight and 10 more ciders. And wow. I think two of them are graded gem 10s. Damn. Hell yeah. We'll buy but, one. <laughs> so it's hey, a joke, yeah, yeah. Guys. <laughs> hey, his his value is underrated, man. His value is uh, definitely down there because the wings are on the uprise, but they're still uh, down there. Yeah. I mean, we're looking to do uh, to start consignments too, if you want to <laughs> consign it with jelly. Hey, I, I, yeah, let's uh, let's do it up. I have uh, quite a few cards in my. Uh, I have a few uh, graded cards, other cards I'm willing to uh, unload. Hey man, you could be our our test run. And if, <laughs> yeah. and if, and if we fail, hey, well, too bad. Us. Sorry, trial by fire, trial by fire, my boys. Yeah. So give me give me a couple other uh, some players because I know John John wanted to ask this too. Uh, give us some sleeper markets though, or some players that you feel the market is just it's it's at a good a good price right now, or maybe now that the season's about to end, you know, some players that you think their markets will start to drop a little bit and there'll be great buys going into the off season. But if you can give like maybe, maybe like two players, three, if you got them that uh, you'd be interested in buying in the off season or that you think, Hey, if you're interested in buying them, you should look at it really, really quick before you get into that JK. I, I wanted to throw this in too. I want to know that an- answer to that question too. But while you're giving your answer, I feel like we should elaborate. Which which hockey cards are you out there looking for? Because oh yeah, yeah, we've we've been talking about these guys for a long time, and we haven't mentioned that um, usually retail and hobby product. The the card that you're looking for is the player's young guns because upper de- who controls the NHL market. They. Just I don't know why they kind of refuse to number cards, and the rookie cards are always going to be the young guns that people are looking after. But I talked to you, J.K., about there's there's other cards out there that end up being more expensive than just the young guns. So even if you're only going to give young guns, just kind of elaborate a little bit on what what cards are you always looking for on eBay when you're looking for hockey players, and then give us like two or three cards that you think are flying under the already undervalued and overlooked radar in the NHL? That's a good question. So, yeah, I'm always looking for young guns. Those are your base. I would say those are like akin to maybe like tops or uh, for baseball or um, what's for basketball, maybe uh, NBA hoops. So they're a little bit easier to find. Um, you can get them retail, mm-hmm. lower price point, but the higher end rookies, which may be your, you know, tops platinum or, um, you know, your prisms or um, Bowman of that sort, Bowman's, yeah, um, those are going to be your rookie future auto watches or your uh, uh, 
future watches and that's in SB authentic. So that's mm-hmm. a different, that's a different line still by upper deck. But um, one, I think he just, I think his, uh, it's all about what, if he's an end user or not. And unfortunately he had been an end user very recently is Cole Caulfield. Mm-hmm. I had harped on this guy before he even got drafted to uh, John here. Mm-hmm. He's going to attest to it. Yep. He, this guy is a goal scorer. He has been on a pretty bad uh, Montreal team. Uh, he's been underutilized by his old coach. There's a new coach last year by uh, you know Martin St. Louis. He's a player's player. He's undersized, and he has a Hall of Fame career. He's the perfect player coach for Cole Caulfield. He unfortunately got injured, but he is an amazing player, goal scorer. Um, He just signed a, I believe, an eight-year, seven million per year contract. Wow. Um, He's going to be right there with his captain, Nick Suzuki. And his roles right now, I saw as of like earlier this week, between $40 and $60. And his PSA 10s go, it's tough to see because you're looking at both the Canadian market and Mm -hmm. the U.S. market, but Mm -hmm. his PSA 10s go around mid to high 200s. Okay. So he's definitely someone who, when you get a full healthy season from him under a great coach, under a, a rising team, you'll see his name on the goal scoring leaders dang okay and you know he had goal scores they're going to get the uh the attention his cards are going to be hot okay i like that pick yeah that's a, uh, that's a good one and then for me i'm always the uh i love defensemen i love them <laughs> you know as, as a hockey town fan you know i grew up with lidstrom uh Konstantinov, um Fedorov, who was a center but he could keep played defense you know yeah, yep. i play i i watched a revenue team that was that had chelios you know finished second in doors at the age of 40 hell yeah so i love defensemen so i say my man Moritz cider you know he won the caller last year um you know he's a bruising just a gruesome player, you know, he has massive hits. His rolls right now go for twenty to forty dollars. <laughs> and his his uh his gem tens right now go between eighty and ninety dollars. But when he was on his Calder gear, his PSA tens were going for about one twenty to one forty. So mm-hmm. you know it's about half that value. Mm-hmm. And then probably my last one is uh, Rasmus Dalin. <laughs> Buffalo is a young and very good team, and he's a number, a former number one overall pick. Puck moving, fancy foot defenseman. You know, think of Kel McCarr, but not on a stacked Colorado team. He can move the puck. He can score. He can play defense. You know, it's a uh, Puck moving defenseman, offensive defenseman, you know, the value's there. And his raws usually go around 40, they're in the 40s right now, so which is 
pretty low value for a number one overall pick. Wow. I like that. I like these different picks. Let, let me, uh, let me ask you real quick, uh, JK. Um, what's the, what, what are the market differences uh, for a defenseman versus like a forward? So is there like, uh, you know, for if you look at like baseball markets or like football markets, you know, a quarterback versus a wide receiver, there's a drastic difference. Um, a position player versus a pitcher in baseball, drastic, uh, drastic difference. Is there that big of a difference between like if you're a defenseman, you're not that big of a goal scorer versus somebody who's a forward who's kind of beyond be the puck a lot more? Yeah, I, w- I would say that's good. Um take on it i would say it kind of depends i think offensive defensemen are have high values i think it's what it's the flashiness it's like what gets yeah. you the mm-hmm. it's what gets you the uh you know the clips highlights. of you the highlights yeah like are you gonna get a great value for uh um Pratis, uh, bergeron no he's a great he's would you take him on your team 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Would you take him over uh, Patty Kane? Heck no. <laughs> Hell no. I mean, apart, uh, apart from the uh, the homer, like, he's your goal scorer. He's your flashy, like, uh, goal scorer, game, you know, playmaker. Those young guns are just astronomically different akin to a shutdown defenseman or Kel McCarr. Right. So what you're saying is I shouldn't go out and buy any Johnny Oduya uh, yogurts. <laughs> yeah. Oduya. Hey, I'll 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 find you a entire box of them and I'll and I'll, I'll get it for you. Yeah. It's a scrap cardboard. There you go. Uh, real real quick before, because I'm I'm gonna give you a couple of my players too uh, that I wrote down, but I just wanted I just re- reminded myself of this the other day. I was walking around in uh, Elmhurst and some guy was wearing a Tomas Kopetsky jersey. Oh God. Oh yeah. man! I was like, I I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, Oh my god! I'm like, this guy's wearing a Kopetsky jersey. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the. Hey, I've looked at Kopetsky uh, cards on uh, eBay. They there was two. I think they were like BGS nines that uh, somebody was selling. Obviously, they were way too much money. Um, but I was. They were. They were. I, he was in his you know his Red Wings gear because I believe that's the team that he started off on. Yeah, that's um, correct. Yeah. So yeah, I know uh, JK is a big Kopetsky fan over there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey man, I don't know. he has a playoff goal. So oh yeah. Okay. Or a Stanley Cup goal. Yeah. He has, a, he has a Stanley Cup goal. So I'll give him that. I think he had the game winning goal in Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals when he was on the team. I think you're right. All right man. I think I think, I think so, he did yeah. have it. So don't sleep on Kopetsky, okay? <laughs> But uh, some of the players that I wrote down, and then we could get into yours, John. Um, the big one, and I mentioned him earlier, and so I'm going to say this. John, I told you that uh, when we go to the National, um, I was going to go for just PC. I was going to have fun, <laughs> and I was not going to go for investments. Here we go. Uh, this podcast totally ruined that for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's because when I was writing down some of my notes and looking at some of the cards, I went, Oh man, this might be a really good investment, and I think I think the market now that the uh, the player's not playing, this team got eliminated from the uh, from the playoffs. Once obviously the season's over, you always tend to see the dip in the markets. Um, I mentioned him earlier, but that's Jack Hughes. Nice. Uh, oh yeah. For, any, for anybody that doesn't know who Jack Hughes is, uh, he's only 22 years old. He plays for the Devils. 
for his quick stat line, uh, he had 43 goals, which put him eighth overall in the NHL at 22. He had 56 assists that tied him for 19th, and he had 99 points, which tied him for 12th in the NHL. Uh, if you're looking at his young guns in the PSA 10, right now they're around $200. Why I'm looking at him is because while he obviously the Devils were in the playoffs, during that time his young guns was ranging anywhere from 240 to 260. I saw some even I think pushing like 280. Oh yeah. Now now that they're not in the playoffs anymore, you you're already starting to see the dip in his market. People are starting to kind of not pay attention to it. I think it, give it another month. I'm hoping maybe he even drops down to like 150, 160. And I think that might be a really good time to buy his cards if you guys could agree to that. I do agree. I love Jack Hughes. I think that's a great pick. I, yeah. I agree. The same uh, trajectory was with his brother, Quinn. You know, I didn't even did... know he had a brother. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Just he a... has, he has a uh, brother, I think, is... <laughs> Drafted in uh, sixth overall, maybe a year or two before. He is a puck moving defenseman. His mm-hmm. car value is actually somewhat similar to Jack. Yeah, he's a really good defenseman, offensive defenseman. And Jack actually has a second brother, also a defenseman, mm-hmm. drafted top three, I believe, last year. And he he plays with his brother, and he's actually very good. He's actually really good. Um, I think he, when they played Carolina, did they play Carolina? Uh, I, 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 I think so. I think they played Carolina, yeah. and mm-hmm. whenever Luke Hughes had played, he had all positive metrics on shot suppression. Dang, I love that. Wow. They're almost kind of like the like the Watts of uh, of hockey. Damn. Yeah, you know, all, good all comparison. Three bro- yeah, all three Watt brothers were playing at the exact same time. That's and actually pretty, it. Makes me hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing on this podcast? We need to be in the NHL. <laughs> but another uh, another player I wrote down too, and I you know I mentioned him again earlier. Um, I wrote down Tim Stutzel too because he was one oh. of the few. He was one of the few players that I remember when I started looking into. Honestly, I think it was him that I used as an example when I tried to convince the rest of Jelly that, hey, we might need to start considering maybe some hockey cards here because there is such an undervalued market and you can get these hobby boxes for $100, which is, you know, save us a lot of money compared to the other sports that we like uh, investing in. Um, obviously it was, I was ganged up on and shut down, <laughs> but uh, I did write down Tim Stutzel because he's actually only 21 years old, which is mm-hmm. unreal. Uh, he plays for the Ottawa senators. He had 39 goals last year, 51 assists and 90 points. Uh, if you're looking at his young guns in a PSA 10, they range anywhere right now from 130 to about 145. Uh, but back in March and April, uh, his prices were pushing like around 180. So again, you're seeing this massive dip already in his card market. When on the national comes around, you know there's going to be a few people with. There's always people with these gigantic young gun tables. And I cannot wait to look for some Jack Hughes and Tim Sutzel and. Uh, 
I'll throw in a bark coffer in there as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, what do you, what do you think about Tim Stutzel uh, for both of you guys? Um, I, I know you guys pay a little bit more attention to hockey than I do. Um, I try to keep up, like I said, I try to keep up as best as I can, but I go based on, I, I, like I said, I'm a stats guy. I go based on a lot of what I see on paper. Um, so, and I love the fact that he's only 21. Yeah, me too. I was going to say, I think he was, I think he was drafted around Connor's age. I think he was drafted when he was 18 years old, right? JK in 2020, 2021. For Ottawa. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He was drafted by Ottawa. Uh, third overall. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to, maybe I'm yep. wrong. Okay. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. And yeah, I think he's a great player. Um, hey, uh, we got, there's going to be a whole nother episode dedicated to this. Cause I feel like I can tie it into hockey. Now I feel like the Canadian market probably plays a little bit, has some sort of influence on hockey card prices. Like the fact that McDavid is in Edmonton, Versus being somewhere like, no offense, Minnesota or some other like USA team that doesn't get a lot of hockey pool. I think that's that that plays a part in the value uh, of certain players' cards. That's a good point. And the fact that uh, Stutzel's in Ottawa and there's there have been talks recently that Ryan Reynolds and other like uh, big people are trying to get involved in buying the Senators and kind of boosting that market. Didn't Snoop Dogg just buy into the Ottawa Senators? <laughs> he's, he's he is part of a group that submitted a bid. And I believe oh, okay. Ryan Reynolds' group is out of the bid right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I like the Stutzel pick. I think he's an amazing player. And, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I definitely don't know as much about him as JK. So what do you think, JK? Do you like the, the Stutzel pick and the fact that he's only 20 years old, 21? In his draft year, if you redrafted it, he would go number one. Wow. Nice. Hell yeah. Uh, no, number one was Alexis Lafreniere. Mm-hmm. Laffy Taffy. Laffy Taffy. <laughs> he's uh, been buried in depth, so he's uh could break out if he's on a different situation. But yeah, L- little Timmy will be probably number one overall. L- little Timmy, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What's the um, what's the uh, um, what's the kid with the crutch from the um, Christmas Carol? I don't know. Something, something Tim, right? Oh, Tiny Tim? T- Tiny yeah, Tim. I think, I yeah. think so, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Tiny Tim. Something like that. That's what instantly what made me think about. Good God. Uh, so, John, what about you? What, what do you got? So, I, I have, I guess I'll give you guys two people. And my first pick that I'm kind of happy about and I feel like is a, is a good value pick is Elias Patterson or Patterson, I don't want to mispronounce his name on Vancouver. I think so. <clears throat> he, I think, was also a first round pick, top five, maybe. JK will correct me if I'm wrong, as he usually does. I think, I think Elias is a really good pick in Vancouver. And because of what I just said about Ottawa, I think the Vancouver market is a hot market. And this past year, um, I'm pretty sure he was up there in scoring. I'm trying to look it up now. Top 10. Yep. 10th overall in points. He had 102 points in 80 games and wow. his in, in his entire career in the NHL. He's got 325 games played, 323 points. And my favorite stat in hockey, basketball, I don't know if other sports do it too, is plus minus. And I always love looking at plus minus because I that's how I find value in hockey players. And it's tough to find modern NHL players who have a solid plus minus. 
And his career plus minus is a plus 36. I know that's not a lot. I'm not saying he's like some sort of superstar, but he's been in the NHL for five years. He's only 24 years old, maybe turning 25. And he had an amazing year last year with Vancouver. And right now, his young guns in a PSA 10 just sold two days ago for $122.50. That's not bad. Yeah. So uh, Elias is my first pick. Um, I used to always hate Vancouver, obviously, for all those playoff runs that the Hawks mm-hmm. had. Always were just pissing me off every single year. Um, but I am I think he is a sleeper pick that, like you said, Jason, because of this podcast episode, I'm going to freaking look at hockey cards nonstop now. I'm going to end up going to the National, and I'm only going to look at hockey <laughs> yeah. cards. They're just going to skip over. Me. Yeah, exactly. We'll skip over every table. But hockey cards, no? Okay, next. We'll just keep walking. So he's my first pick. My second pick, um, I'm kind of – I'm a little bit shocked that Hockey Town John didn't bring him up. Uh, my second pick is Pasta. I love David Pasternak for Boston. <laughs> I'm another guy. So this year he had 113 points in the 82 games he played. His entire career he's got 592 games. 617 points. His plus minus is 101. He's been playing in the NHL for uh, obviously longer than Elias has, but every single year he's been in the NHL, he's finished positive. He does not have like a negative season that some quote unquote goal scorers usually do and point producers usually do. So Pasta is my next pick. Uh, David Pasternak, for people who I'm sorry that I didn't explain that Pasta is his nickname. He uh, I'm going to get yelled at if I get this wrong. I think he was first round, but he was not top. He was like late first round pick for Boston. And awesome. And he is, a, I think, a great player. His card is a little bit more expensive. I think his young guns in a PSA 10 is sitting at like 1,000, maybe 1,000, 1,000 to 1,200. So those are my two picks. And I, after what we talked about, like, I hope people can listen to this and realize that young guns are usually the the cards you're going to be looking for when you're looking at NHL hockey cards from upper deck. But I'm happy that you brought it up, JK. I I don't have any of the Future Watch pet cards. Um, I know Eric does. Eric has two sweet Duncan Keith autos that one of them is a Future Watch. And one day, I don't know if I ever told you, Jason, but I'll tell you both now. When we were at a local card show, we were we were sitting at a show, we were selling cards. Eric had his Keith card out and he was like trying to see if it would just to kind of get the attention out and see if anyone was interested or offer him a crazy price. And a hockey collector came to the table and he told us that um, those future watch cards, those future watch patch autos are starting Ooh. to be they're starting to become like the the top tier everyone wants that card of the player, even more yeah. than yeah, even more than others, like upper deck releases that come out, those SP uh, Future Watch cards are usually the, the most sought after card. And now, you, why is that? I, that? That's a question for JK. What do you What do you think? Do you think? Yeah, why do? You, why is this Future Watch auto so much more expensive and sought after than other sets? First of all, they're numbered. Oh, there you go. Mm. Nice, good. Two, the, the two, they're autoed. Yeah. Okay. You're not okay. gonna find that. You're not gonna find that anywhere else. All the other rookie type materials are not really there. Dang. Okay. Right on. And that's what I was. That's what I was gonna ask both you and Jelly Cards in general. The other two clowns who refused to join us for an episode. <laughs> we. I kind of. 
do you oh man how how expensive is a Connor Bedard future watch auto gonna be and would you prefer to buy that instead of buying into a case of upper deck hunting for young guns or just well, buying was, raw young yeah. guns I was just thinking the same thing what do you think JK so I'll address the first question future watch auto one it's not going to be a straight up pull it's going to be a redemption card oh boy oh um thing is a PSA 10 for Connor McDavid who has you know his values already as high as and rising is in the mid 20,000s oh, my god raw I th- I'm thinking Connor Bedard is easily going to be between I would say I would say around three thousand. Okay. Raw, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah wow. raw. Okay. And obviously the lower the lower number you get, the more expensive it's gonna be. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know how low they go, but it's say there's a out of five or an out of ten. Like I can't even imagine what these prices are gonna S- be. S P Authentic's doing some weird, weird stuff with their with their uh contents, which is why I didn't buy it. But I believe it's out of nine ninety nine. But there's only two. There's only two uh, releases that do numbered autos for rookies, and that's OPG Platinum and SPA, and both are going to have high value. His probably going to be in the multi thousand range, but mm-hmm. um, I think sky's the limit for him. What do you think, Jason? Do you think that? Um... Would you be more interested in kind of getting all getting all in, going all in on a SP authentic future watch auto, or is it more fun to rip and look for young guns? I mean, I mean, of course, it's going to be more fun to rip and go for the young. How so? My question: uh, How much is the uh, the SP boxes then, or how much is the OPJ uh, platinum? Because I've seen those. Like, I think they come in blasters too. At least the OPJ platinum ones. I've, I think I've seen those at, in blasters at like Target and stuff, which I didn't know anything about them until you literally just said that. Now, now I'm gonna end up buying a bunch. Of them <laughs> yeah, if that's here we true. go. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, how much are those boxes if you're looking at hobbies? If they do hobbies, uh, I haven't yet to see an OPG Platinum hobby box, okay. and that's where you're gonna find the uh, autographs and the more exclusive content. But an SPA box, I think most recently sold for things like two thirty per yeah. box. I'm, I'm uh, searching it the now. Most, the most recent releases have been pretty poo poo. <laughs> um, they do all these random inserts and mm. the ability to land okay. a solid pull dramatically decreased last year. Damn, last damn. Year. Okay. So right. that I'd, so, I'd much rather go for the young guns then. <laughs> pretty much. Okay. Young guns, if not buy the raw now and hold for at most five years. Okay. I like that. Hey, say I less. Have, I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> yeah. You just you just made John's ears perk up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hold hold cards. Oh my god. Here we go. Hold hold five? I'll I'll give you ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah hell yeah all right i that's that's good to know thank you for that knowledge jk because i 
I'm like I said, an, oh my god, I another set that I like kind of looked into was the cup. Who who does the cup? Is that SP2 or is it upper deck? I think like uh, it's, it's all they're all upper deck. There are every single thing is through upper deck. Okay, yeah, I know that there's um like I was looking up the most expensive hockey cards like ever sold and I think up up in the top 5 was uh upper deck the cup McDavid auto and I was I was surprised that you didn't mention that one but I after you mentioned that future watch I, I was reminded of the show and that guy telling us that everyone's always going after these future watch cards for these up and coming hockey rookies so it's thank it's you. it's it's like getting those NBA boxes where you spend 10,000 for five cards Oh, it's like it's okay. it's very akin to that. So yeah, I I could have mentioned that, but you know that's Damn. like that's like doing a plus twenty thousand prop <laughs> bet. You know you're gonna you know throw some money down the drain and you're gonna be like, get daddy some money. <laughs> yeah, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> Damn. Exactly. Okay. Hell hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You. Thank you for this knowledge, because now, like Jason said, I'm I'm gonna hop off this podcast episode eventually, yeah, yep. <laughs> and just hunt down so many hockey cards. I'm going to Target. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm on my way. <laughs> uh, but let me ask you one last question before we uh, before we go ahead and wrap up this episode. Um, first, before I do it, I do want to just give you a lot of thanks for uh, taking out you know taking the time out of your day to uh, join this podcast talk talk about hockey cards it's something that john and i have been wanting to talk about for a while now but you know our knowledge of hockey is just not up to our our own par i guess you could say Mm -hmm. um so we we've always been talking about getting you on the podcast so we can talk hockey um so yeah i do want to just give you thanks to this um and for doing this for us but one last question before uh we do end up wrapping it up how do you think the hockey market would be if they switched from being an upper deck product to say like a Panini product or, or man, maybe even if like fanatics took over the hockey market as well, once they, you know, once their um, license starts going for like baseball cards and football and all that. Uh, yeah. So first I would like to say thanks for uh, having me on. I love cards and you know, I love hockey cards. So, um definitely hunting more myself uh you know i'm, I'm gonna be uh overseas next week but afterwards gonna look at some uh car stores i'm gonna be uh hunting some <laughs> hobby boxes myself um when the dust is settled but um why don't you say that because hockey used to be done by panini there if you look at the early 2010s and actually, one of my uh, sleeper picks for a more recent card um, is there is no young guns of him that I can find. You can only find him in a Prism rookie card. <laughs> and that is Jonathan Marcheseau. And his raw for a Panini Prism is like $10, $20. So those Prism cards look absolutely sick. So I think that it would only bring a better appeal to it. Um, I would definitely buy more into it. Um, I think they do better quality, maybe less so much on the uh, centering. And um, I think the edges will be better. I think Upper Deck has a really bad problem with uh, 
the corners and uh, much more so on the corners. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think if their cards would be way better if you got a Connor Bedard prism and it's all flashy and shiny, you know, that mm-hmm. would just, just be a better product. So let's, let's write a letter. Yeah, <laughs> upper upper deck. We love you, but you gotta you gotta let go of these cards. Yeah, you hey, let's let cre- let's let's create our own prism cards. Let's hunt down Connor and get our own sigs. There we yeah. go. We're gonna hey. start our own hockey line. Yeah, jelly hockey cards. Jelly hockey jelly cards. cards. Smear smear jelly all over us. <laughs> Send them out. <laughs> just, just just do mystery packs. May or may not contain jelly. <laughs> Actual jelly. Sp- <laughs> sponsored by Hockey Town John. <laughs> <laughs> a, All right. Well, yeah. let's go, let's go ahead and uh, hear your uh, final thoughts on it, and then John, you can go ahead and take us away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, J.K. Final thoughts on this podcast episode: Where you think um, hockey cards are going to go, and like just kind of their market in general, in your opinion? Well, I think with uh, the emergence of more uh, young talent, that's really just appealing with like Zegra, um, goal scorers, and Bedard. Um, and then you have like new expansion markets. I think it's, uh, it's going, I think it's going in the positive direction. So I'm hoping, and I'll keep an eye out and, you know, that's not going to change my, uh, spending habits, uh, from, from day one, but, um, (laughs) hockey cards are fun. They're cool. Um, young guns are a great entry to mid lover collector type of, uh, um, hobby, you can always find them in retail. So I, I, I love it. Um, I think it's fun, um, affordable. You can do, you know, if you have a kid or if you want to just do it yourself or just want to get into it, it's a lot lower entry point than other yeah. sports. Oh yeah. All right. I agree. So, um, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast episode. I, I'm hoping, like I said on the last episode, Jason, uh, you can hear this too, JK. I'm I'm so proud that we're kind of getting into hobby educational episodes because I appreciate you too, JK. Um, like Jason opened this episode on, we've been friends now for almost a decade. And I thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking hockey. I know you love to talk hockey. And it's honestly, it's fun for me to hear you talk hockey. It's fun for me to hear other like people who know more about the sport than I do just kind of go, go into it and let us know things that I didn't even know or think of. And then on top of that, we threw in cards. So this is, this has been a really fun episode for me. Um, This actually might be my favorite episode. I've loved it so far. This is so cool. We got to do it more often. And I'm going to, I'm going to close on this to kind of maybe tease a future topic because I asked, I was asking those questions about like top tiered hockey cards compared, like comparing young guns and future watch and um, all these like other cards that come out in relation to the NHL. And I wanted to close with this because I brought it up to you, JK. And I, I think I brought it up to the other guys too in the jelly chat very recently. Actually, I'll, I'll save that one for last. So on six, four, 2023, on uh, Upper Deck, Young Guns Ovechkin PSA 10 sold for $4,005 on 6-4-2023. On 5-28-23, a Young Guns PSA 10 Sidney Crosby sold for $2,800. So that those together, you're looking at $6,800. On top of that, 
very recently. Uh, there's a Ovechkin 0506 Ultimate Collection Rookie Auto, graded a PSA 10, sold for $3,650 in April. And then on top of that, we have a Sidney Crosby SPA Authentic Future Watch Rookie in 2005, PSA 10, numbered out of 999, sold for $10,266. Wow. All of those cards put together, all of them, you're looking at two high-end Crosbys and two high-end Ovechkins, sold for less than a one-of-one Black Finite PSA 10 auto of Brock Purdy, which which sold for $24,000. Oh my God, it's pathetic. I just, I want that out in the, in the realm of the hobby. I want people to realize something that I hope we can have another episode and dive into. The, The cards market is so fun and so wild that it just, it makes me so excited talking about it with tons of people involved in the hobby. But I want you to realize that what, these eventually these players are going to become somebodies or they're going to become nobodies. And who of those three have been more impactful on their sport? Are Ovechkin and Crosby less impactful than Brock Purdy is to the NFL? And I, I'm hoping that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I, I want to touch on that subject when we do another one, because I know we will. Thank you all so much for listening. Just don't let hockey cards slip out of your mind. Like we've talked about already on this episode, you see them constantly at Target and Walmart and any other retail setting. I'm sure if you walked into a local card shop and asked for hockey cards, they might be like, are you kidding? Yeah, you can buy all of them. We got them discounted because nobody wants to buy them. And I just, I'm, I'm happy we're touching on this because I think it's a hidden gem. I think it's a hidden gem in this hobby. And I thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and talking about it, especially you, JK. As always... Reach out to us with your thoughts. Reach out to us if you are a hockey collector and you want to get in touch with us and JK and AKA Hockey Town John. We can let you guys kind of chat it out and we'll we'll be part of that too. Our Instagram and Twitter is at Jelly Cards, J-E-L-I-C-A-R-D-S. On TikTok, we are Jelly underscore cards. And as always, thank you all so much for listening. JK, KJK. <laughs> <laughs> and no matter what, keep spreading the love of this hobby. From your friends, Hockey Town John and Jelly Cards.